Hey there, you've tuned in to 19 North's podcast, a young adults ministry part of Victory Family Church located in Cranberry Township, PA. You can check us out every Saturday night at 8.30. And if you missed everything I just said, just follow us on Instagram at 19 underscore North. With you, a lot of y'all love, uh, last week weren't able to make it. It was a little chilly last week. And uh, looks like winter is kind of gone away a little bit. You guys praying for a little global warming in Pittsburgh? Just, just, just in Pittsburgh, you know. But uh, hey, uh, if, how, how many of you were not here last week? Okay, over, over half of y'all. So let me tell you why I'm here. I'm the, if, if you don't know, I'm the pastor of the church here. For those of you that come to 19 North, it, Victory's not where you typically go to church. But uh, I, I came tonight to kind of, uh, kind of re-announce an announcement that we did last week. But then also I have something to share with you. And uh, 19 North has been a, uh, uh, just a tremendous part of this ministry for years. And, uh, and it still continues to be. Uh, but we're making a somewhat of an adjustment. But really we're not making it to 19 North. We're making it to the, to the, the entire church. Uh, sometimes you'll hear people say, particularly with a youth group, hey, the youth are the church of tomorrow. And even when people are in their early 20s, you'll hear people say that. Well... Actually, that's completely improper. You're really not the church of tomorrow, and certainly not those of you in this room. You're actually the church of today. And so I'm not 19 anymore. Um, I am 57, and 24 years ago, uh, Michelle and I, a little over 24 years ago, started this church with uh, three people, she and I and our son, who was at the time nine months old, and, or six months old. And that was the only guarantee of the three showing up. And now 24, how many of you were not alive 24 years ago? Raise your hand. Wasn't that special? Okay, well, so before you were on the planet, we, uh, we, we came and we started this three people, and uh, we ended up in the cinema here in Cranberries where we started, and then we built a building over on Freedom Road, if you know Cranberry, and then this side of the building, which you're in right now, was finished in 2006, and then that side was finished... I forget, about three years ago or so. But I'm saying all that to tell you this. The, 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 what we're intending to do right now as a church, it doesn't you know, include you. It is about you. And so I want to take some time tonight and just talk to you about one of the changes that we're making. And actually, I would consider it an improvement. 19 North, as you know it, is going to change. In fact, we're not going to have an 830 19 North service uh, any longer in, in the very near future. I think it's just uh, a couple, three weeks away or however long it is. But let me tell you why. Because 19 North is, is over there. Everything we're doing, everything that we're shooting for is designed for you right now. Uh, everything from the worship to the, to the style of the room, to the stuff we do in the room, and the people that are getting involved, including you. Uh, so I want to help you understand that the transition we're making is not actually closing anything down. I'm helping, I really want you to understand what we're really wanting to do is to, is to help you understand that 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 happens on the other side of this building is now focused on you. There needs to be an exchange in, the, in this church of, of, of leadership and over, over the next, certainly, because uh, I'm 57, next five to seven years, certainly at my level, but, uh, but I want you to understand something, that there are two key words 
that I've been talking about for several years in the church. And it's the word preference and the word honor. And preference is simply what you like. It isn't right. It isn't wrong. It's just, it's just what you like. You like certain music that just you grew up with. I like certain music I grew up with. People older than me like music they grew up with. And, you know, people older than them, older, you know, than them, they, uh, they were around before there was electricity. So, you know, they, uh, but the reality of it is, is that most people live their life by preference, what they like, not really what's going to benefit others or even themselves often. It's just what they like. It's not bad. It's not good. So what usually happens in a church like this, and you need to understand the shelf life of a church like Victory is about 20 to 25 years. That means what it usually happens is the people that were growing and coming and, and, and grew up there and, and, and got older there, the church just ages out with them. The style, the music, everything suits those people. And it's not because it's wrong. It's just they're the people there, right? But we made a very intentional effort. Actually, it started almost nine years ago, eight, nine years ago, to change the way we do what we do, not based on preference, but based on purpose. And so people my age and a whole lot older have decided to lay down their preferences of music and style and just even the, the way the room looks. And they, they decided that what I like isn't as important to me as who God cares about. And so they continued to do that and, and then as well continued to, to help really pour their life into this and build it and pay for it and create a space for you to be able to do what I want to talk to you about tonight. The second word is honor. And, and if these two words come together, then this church will continue to be a multi-generational church. And the honor part is for you. Because there are people that come to this church, I want you to understand that we do very little that they would like by their preference. But they keep coming because they care about you. And they want to create an avenue for you to be able to have a place to be able to, to literally lead your generation in the things of God. And so when, we, when you hear that things are stopping at 19 North, it's actually just the opposite. We are making very, very intentional moves uh, across the board to create a place for those in their 20s and their 30s and actually even those in their early 40s. Basically, it's those of you who are going to move into that season of your life where relationships start to count and then eventually start a family and and, and so we're, we're really focusing everything on that age group, 20, 30s, and, uh, and maybe even kind of early 40s or so. Uh, but that doesn't mean people like me get thrown out. It would have been a great place to go. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's that we are here for something higher than what we just like. We're here to make sure that the Bible says that the older should teach the younger. This should be a mentoring environment. And yet, if the older and younger aren't in the same place, there's no way to do that. So what usually happens is old people tell young people to act old. And so, hey, like our music, you know, the, hey, our church would be fantastic if it, if it was 1992, but it's not. And so everything we're doing is focused on, on you and your generation. And so then that's not, just not in principle. So the purpose of the change is not so that you start attending either the 6 o'clock service on Saturday night or 9 or 11 on Sunday, which I think 9 o'clock is not a prayer any of you are showing up at the 9 o'clock service. Is anybody here like a 9 o'clock service person? 
Are you all really? Nice. It's great. Thank you. It would be great to, to see you at 9 o'clock. Awesome. But, uh, man, that's, that's a wonderful thing. How many of you would never go to a 9 o'clock service? Uh, yeah, I would go Saturday night at 6 and go out with my friends after and hang out and, and never go. I would never go on a Sunday. I'd hang out on, I'd make it a date night. I'd come here with my wife and my kids are grown now, so we'd go have just a party every, every Saturday night. But I kind of have to be here for the Sunday thing too, so that kind of ruins the date <laughs> night. So, but, uh, but really, I just want to take a moment, guys, and let you know that if every one of you attend over, over at the other side, and, and every one of you do it, and every one of you come, I mean every week, and that's all you do, then this to me would be a complete failure. I, I don't want you just attending over there. I really don't. I want you leading. I want you growing. I want you finding places that fit your gifts and start to learn what it means to serve in the broader sense of this church. But, but for some of you, very quickly, you'll get in more in, in some of the leadership capacities. But I want you to be able to learn and to be able to be mentored and grow, some of you in the worship areas or whatever. It depends what's in your heart. That's what we have. Uh, Zach will be talking to you about that in a little bit. And I want to fully integrate you into your, into your church, and not just in, in attendance, but in, but in every way, small groups, serving, leading small groups. I want the picture and the face of this church in the next three to four years, certainly, to look more and more like you. Because victory is growing, okay? This is a, a very, uh, it's a, it was ranked last year in America, the 45th fastest growing church in the nation. And so we could very easily just keep riding that wave and keep growing and reaching people that, that, uh, that, that are much older. And how many, can I tell you something about older people? Just to be really plain, they, ha- they, they, they pay bills. How many of y'all know young people in their 20s ain't got no money? Right? So why would a church focus on a group of people that bring little to no money to the table? Because we're not here for money. We're here for a mission. And there are people that are willing to serve at this level in this church to be able to make sure that you guys, you all, have a platform to be able to reach your generation. So when I tell you this, I mean it sincerely. The transfer has already started. And, and so I don't know where God has you, and I don't know exactly where you'll fit, but I want you to find it. Because, again, if all you do is attend, yeah, that's better than nothing, and, and, I, and I'm glad you do that. But, but I, that, to me, would be a failure because the kingdom of God needs you now. And I'm gonna, I'll talk to you about that in a few minutes. Then the last thing I want to bring to your attention before I get into a couple of scriptures I want to share with you tonight is starting this fall, one of the initiatives that I knew 24 years ago we would do is launching. And we're starting a school of ministry this fall. And it's very specific for those who believe they have a call of God upon their life to ministry as a vocation. Meaning they, they feel either called to serve in some capacity in the church or uh, in a pastoral role or uh, youth, children. Uh, we, but, but let me explain to you what I, how, how specific this is going to be. It's not just going to become in, lear- in learning scripture, which is very important. You'll have, there'll be a strong doctrinal foundation. But what it will also have is it will be heavy on a practicum. So let's just say, for example, you felt led or called in your life and had a real calling to do sound in the local church. Well, we're, only, we're going to have only so many slots available for different practicums. Sound, our sound, the guy that does our sound is remarkable. He's as good as anybody in the country. 
And so the people in the sound practicum are going to be able to be trained hands-on in sound by this man. And, and Eric will, and I don't know how many people that, that part of the practicum will take. Or, uh, there'll be an aspect for those who maybe want to learn to do lighting. And uh, our lighting guy, I think I told you last week, Joel, uh, used to, uh, gosh, he used to travel around the world. He used to do lighting for everything from, gosh, uh, Elton John to uh, the last time I think Paul McCartney was in Texas Stadium the, the, where the Cowboys play. Uh, in fact, Elton John's group, you don't know who Elton John is, right? I mean, he's timeless. But, uh, and he's done every band you can imagine. I don't know all the names, and they're bands you would know, but I don't know. But Elton John's crew tried to steal him from victory. They tried to hire him out from under us to go back on the road, and Joel said no. So, uh, so you're, you're with some really high-quality people. You may have a, a desire to do video work or editing and uh, worship or whatever. So, the practicums are going to be very specific, and there'll be time where you'll be able to spend with people that that's what they do, and there'll be a training aspect to it. Now, there's also the opportunity for those of you who come that, that want to get a, uh, a two-year degree, and there's a, so there'll be a degree program through uh, an accredited university. And so all these things are available for you where ultimately what, and what I want to teach you is I want to teach you how to take a vision that God puts in your heart and have it come to pass. I want to teach you how to believe God for the impossible. And, not, and this isn't theory. Okay, no, no offense to college. I, I, listen, I, college has a lot of good in it, okay? It's too expensive, but there's a lot of good in it, all right? I'm not putting it down. But I would, but, and this is no offense to anybody teaching these subjects in college. In colleges, professors, please, I don't mean it this way. But most college professors teaching business have never owned one. And not, not that they can't teach you great things and they've studied and learned and did case studies. It's very valuable. But can I tell you that Probably the greatest way to learn business would probably go and be able to hang out for three years with an entrepreneur that started with nothing that has a 20 or $30 million company. You're going to learn business by somebody who knows every scar and every mark on, on their business body. That's the best way to learn. Now, both you'd, it'd be great to mix both of those. But I'm saying that to tell you this. My, my part in that Bible school is going to tell those who are called of God this is how you believe God. This is how you trust him by his grace. This is what you take that he puts in your heart that looks impossible and you see it come to pass. And that's not a theory for me. When this church started, there was nothing. It was just Michelle and I and a six-month-old baby. And now 24 years later, there are literally 8,000 people that attend this church and you're sitting on about a $30 million campus. Now, I only say that for this purpose. This is what the Bible, the, the school of ministry is about. I want to train you how to hear God's voice for your generation and be able to do it and do it in a way that you maintain your values and you walk with God through it. So uh, on your seats are actually cards that give you, if you want further information about the school of ministry and, uh, and, and Zach at the end will give you some more details of some people you have an opportunity to connect to tonight. But, but, the, but what I really wanted to talk to you about tonight is, is very simply, and I, and I mean for about 12 more minutes. So why 12 more minutes? Because those who speak for a little bit are invited back. Okay, and so you'll find out if, if, when you, if many of you already go next door a lot for church, but I, I don't go long, I don't like to go long, because the reality of it is there's a whole lot, and I hope we keep coming back, and God has a great plan, and so we, we try to put it in bite-sized pieces. But I want to talk to you about how to hear God 
his voice for your generation. One of the great mistakes churches make, and this is from, I have many dear friends that pastor some of the greatest churches in the world. Friends that pastor, a couple friends that pastor literally one, the second largest church in the nation. And so, well, and actually, I'm, I'm actually acquainted with the one who pastors, pastors the largest church in the nation. And now that I think about it, I'm acquainted with the top five and, and acquainted with them, a couple of them pretty well. And, and so I, I'm connected to some of the most pro- prolific people doing ministry in the church world in the country. And, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for all of that. But one of the mistakes we make in church is that we who have heard God for our generation try to hear God for yours. And God's not going to tell me what your generation needs. He's not going to do it. So I'm giving the last part of my life as I, to tr- truly, literally train the next generation, not what is being said, but how to hear what God has to say for you. I, I, I know he's not going to tell me. And I'll, I'm going to show you that in a minute in the Bible. And I want you to be able to hear his voice. So I don't know that I'm called to do ministry. It doesn't matter if you're called to do ministry. Wherever you are called, in any part of your life, whatever vocation, you need to know how to hear God's voice. And you need to know how to be his representative wherever you log up in life, whether it's a vocation of ministry or otherwise. Because you are called to be salt and light to this world. And you guys are fighting battles. Y'all are fighting battles my generation never even thought about. And, and, and it's inc- I hear people say things like, hey, the next generation, and then blah, 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 something negative. I, I think it's just the opposite. People talk about the World War II generation being America's greatest generation. I, I know they, were, they, were, they really did an amazing thing in this nation. But I believe your generation, when history looks back, particularly the, I'm talking about those who know God, that you are going to be tagged as, as one of the greatest generations in the history of this nation. Because this nation is falling to pieces. And the only hope of the world is not a, a, a Republican or a Democrat or some political movement or some whatever. The only hope of the world is a savior. That's it. And Jesus is the only hope of the world. That means his body, his church, is the only hope of the world. And God's going to equip you to hear his voice. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next years of my life. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, I want to read you a story in the Old Testament about a young man who served in the temple under a man named Samuel. Samuel was the priest, and Eli was basically just there serving. He was kind of like the guy that just did handiwork around Samuel and just learned and did whatever he needed and, and did a lot of physical work. In, in 1 Samuel 3 verse 1, the Bible said the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there weren't many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. He was very old. He was almost about to die. And the lamp of God, this is in the temple, had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That was the presence of God. Then the Lord said to Samuel, and then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered and said, Here I am. And then he got up and he ran to Eli and he said, here I am, have you called me? But Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lied down. Again, the Lord said, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And he said, my son, I did not call you, go back and lie down. 
Again, the Lord called him and said, Samuel. So Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. He said, my son, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel didn't yet, Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And when he called him that third time, Samuel got up and he did the same. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So he told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lied down in his place. The Lord came and, and stood there calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, speak, for your servant is listening. Listen to me. Listen to what he said. Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. And what he basically takes this young man who has a call on his life and this old man who's at the end of his ministry. And God, instead of speaking to the old man, he's trying to get the young man to hear his voice. But it's so unusual to him. God literally is speaking audibly where he hears it. He thinks it's the old man. Three times he goes, what do you want? He said, dude, I didn't call you. Go to bed. You know, I think, you know, when you read the Bible, people hear like, here I am. Go liest thou down and sleepest thou. You know, that, these are people. He, he said, what do you want? He goes, you called me. He goes, dude, I didn't call you. Go to bed. Three times, finally, when God calls him, his response was to be, I'm listening. And what my hope for you is that you know how to hear and listen to his call for your generation. Because he, he's not going to take the message of what this generation needs and give it to me. And one of the greatest mistakes that's being made today in the church world is that people who, with whom God has dealt with for their generation, and by the way, I'm not dead and I'm not done. We're still going to do amazing things and multiply this church and reach tens of, I'm literally thousands and thousands of people. That's coming to pass. And, and, you're, and I want you to be right in the middle of it. But when, I turn, when this thing gets turned over, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to be responsible for nothing. So you're just lazy. No, I want to do something else. I want to help people develop and help ministers develop. And I'll do some stuff here as, they, as is needed, but I don't, want to, I don't want to be involved at that level. I want to have had the opportunity to train those who are going to take over so that they can just hear God for themselves. God doesn't, God doesn't speak through other people for you. He wants you to hear his voice. And whether it's a ministry capacity or whether it's in, in some type of vocation, relationally, am I with the right person, how to hear God? These are important things that you have to know. And, and in this church, for your generation to begin to take their place and take the leadership roles and serve and grow and, and, and learn how to make decisions that are going to impact the next generation, that's what we want to give you that opportunity to do. And so when I tell you, well, hey, we're shutting down 19 North. It's really just the opposite. We're shutting down a lot of stuff that we would do just simply by preference because it's not wrong to have a preference. But I, listen, there, there are things I like that, that we don't do. I don't hate our music, but, it's, but no, no, I'm serious. I, I, I've learned to really adjust to it, and, 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 I, and I really I actually enjoy it now. But I have to be honest with you, it's not my preference. I'm older. I, there's things I like that you guys would go, dude, that's nasty. 
Okay, but listen, when I still, I still listen to rap, and I think, I don't get it. But, you know, but people love it. I mean, obviously, right? It, it, people connect to it. It makes sense. And I listen to it, and I think, really? That just sounds like, I don't know, like a bunch of like, I mean, kids like making bad rhymes, you know? Like Christian rap, everybody, you know, like, Yo, 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 gonna go to the row and then the Joe and the low and the blow. And I'm like, it's like, man, that wasn't very thoughtful. Although I do have to say, even though he's old now, the stuff Eminem does to me sounds like that is more thoughtful. Okay? Especially that last thing he did with Trump. I don't know if you heard that one. Very thoughtful. Okay, so I know there's something to it. I just don't get it. I, but I don't, I don't even get country music either. Because I think everything that ends with the... I just think, I don't know. I don't get it. I just, you know, I don't get it. You know, I listen, I was... You have to understand, when I was your age, I was stoned listening to Led Zeppelin. So I was used to other stuff. But anyway, I'm saying all that just to help you all understand this. God is not going to tell me the mission for your generation, but he is going to hold me accountable to create an atmosphere where you can hear his voice. And then finally, when Paul said to Timothy, who was a young pastor, when Paul was toward the end of his life, he wrote this to this pastor in 1 Timothy 4, 12. He said, Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but you set an example for believers in speech, in your life, in your love, for people, in your faith, and in your purity. My hope is to create an environment where you all begin to assimilate into the leadership of this church. And as these years pass, that what you have to understand that when you serve in the kingdom of God, you put God first. The stuff he'll do in your life will blow your mind. He'll do things through you, take you places you can't imagine. And so when I look at what God's done in the 24 years and October will be our 25th year. And I think of what he's done and, how, and the amazing people that he's brought together, the miracles, the provision. It's just, it overwhelms me when I look at it. And all of this, we want to, and what I'm trusting God for as well is even to get this thing debt-free. We want to hand this to the next generation totally debt-free. I mean, that's a really cool thing to get, to walk into a $30 million channel to use for God. But I have a responsibility to make sure that that transition happens well. And you have a responsibility to be able to hear God's voice and be able to put your hand to whatever you can right now in a developmental capacity so that you can begin to hear what God wants for your generation. What none of you know in this room that only God knows and, what I, and that I can tell you that I know because I'm old is that there are things God wants to do in some of your lives that will shake literally a generation. And you have no idea. You, you may be sitting here thinking, well, yeah, I wonder who that might be. You know, when people ask me about, you know, for Michelle and I uh, starting this church and pastoring this church, and people ask about, you know, when, when I was in Bible school, they'll ask me questions like, well, you know, what, did, what were you like then and what did you do? Nobody, not a soul knew me in my Bible school. I came and I went. There was nothing 
in me that, was, that anybody would have recognized. All I knew to, was to go because I was led to go. And then I, I remember everybody leaving the school, students saying, God called me to do this. And, God, and it was great stuff. And I remember thinking, dog, he didn't call me to do nothing. I don't know what he's called me to do. People say, Nusa, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. They said, oh, it's sad. And I, could, I felt bad about it, man. I thought, man, these guys told me they're, they're called to go do this, and I'm going to go here. And I look back now, and I realize most of the guys that said all that stuff never did nothing. They didn't do anything. It doesn't matter where you are today because this isn't about you doing something for God. Listen to me. It's about you doing something with him. The Bible doesn't say you labor for God. You labor with him. Man, I'm telling you, you've never had a partner like God. He could do some stuff. No crazy stuff. I mean, miracles. God moved. Because this is not me trying to do something for him. This is God wanting to do something in the earth. And he said, John, would you like to work with me? How many of you, you got to be pretty stupid to say no to that. But most people don't understand that it's a privilege to do the things of God in your life, whether in a ministry vocation or any other way. So I just want you to know that as I turn this over to Zach, I want to pray for you all. Is I want you to know that with all of my heart, that this, just not this church, let me tell you from just mine and Michelle's perspective, we believe in the call of God on your life, vocationally, whatever that means. We believe in what you can do in this next generation coming. We believe that you are the church of today. We believe that right now, God wants to raise you up to do things and take responsibility and grow and learn. And for some of you in this room, only God knows where you're going to be. Some of you are going to be in places you never dreamed you're going to be. Some of you are going to be so fortunate that God's going to ask you to and lead you and direct you. You'll end up in like San Diego or something. San Diego. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, just the thought of San Diego, goodness sakes. Can you imagine Jesus calling you to San Diego? Yeah, I can. But anyway, uh, especially in January. But I want to pray for you tonight as Zach comes up. And I, I really am asking you to take some bold next steps. Because this is happening and, then, and the transition is happening now. And, and, uh, and all of this is set up for you. So let's just do it together. Let, let, let older people pour into you and you bring honor to those older people. As they lay down their preferences, you give them honor. And something amazing is going to happen. It's already happening, but it's going, to, it's going to multiply. And I want you to fill this place with people of your age. I mean, get them here. Jesus said, drag, get the highways, byways out of the hedges, everything, but pound them over the head and drag them in. And let God do something great in your generation. You watch what he does when you begin to do what he calls you to do. Because every one of us called to win people to Christ. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every, every man and woman in this room. I don't know, Lord, what you, what, what you have for this next generation. But I know what you have for me to do is to, is to give my life and to prepare this generation simply to hear your voice. Not for me to hear it and tell them, but for they to hear it and tell me. Lord, that's my, that's, I know that's what you want to do. The multiplication that you want to do in this church is not going to happen through people my age. It's going to happen through people of this age. Every revolution 
virtually in the history of man has been done through this age. And Lord, help them to see that they are the, they are the birthplace of a God revolution, of winning people to Christ and, and amazing things happening. So Lord, I pray for them, each and every one of them, that they would believe the truth that you have an amazing plan for their life. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Guys, it is an honor to be with you. And go tear it up for God, okay? God bless you. I love you guys.